This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Very Bold Radio and Podcast. I'm Steve Teal, and I'm so excited that you're with us today. And I want to introduce you to our guest, Cynthia Yanoff. Uh, Cynthia, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for being on uh, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. And one of the reasons I'm doing great is because you are making a worldwide impact. And we're going to talk about different things for Christian parents, uh, for people who are um, trying to navigate these crazy times. And we're even going to talk possibly just about um, people how do you talk to your, your kids that are really struggling during this time and with mental health and even thoughts with uh, suicide and anything like that? So I am, I'm excited to be blessed by what you have, what God's put on your heart for us today, Cynthia. So I'm doing great. How's that? Well, good. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. All right. Well, let me tell uh, our viewers and our listeners just a little bit about you, and you just correct anything I get wrong. You just step in okay. and just say, Steve, you're so wrong. Uh, you are the um, – well, you're you're kind of the leader. I don't know what the title is, but you're the leader of ChristianParenting.org, which I see everywhere, and I see a lot of my friends like ChristianParenting.org. Um, you have a lot of resources, a lot of blogs. Um, a lot of uh, you have a conference coming up and you host a um, a really man an awesome podcast called pardon the mess which is great did you come up with that name I did it felt like the only thing I was secure enough to talk parenting under was pardon the mess as opposed to <laughs> parenting expert or got this all down it felt like it needed to be very authentic so yes Part in the mess just came from that place of, ooh, I'm not sure I'm qualified to talk parenting, but let's give it a roll. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, talk to us a little bit, um, not to not to make too personal. I know you've got to protect your own family and everything, but can you just give us a general terms of you have kids? Um, are you in the middle of parenting? Are you, you know, where, where are you sure. in this parenting situation? Sure, sure. I have um, three kids, and so brace yourself for this. Yeah. I have a high schooler. I have a middle schooler, and I have a four-year-old. So we are doing it all over here. My husband, Mike, and I have been married almost 20 years. And so, yeah, we have three kids, two bios, and we got the great privilege of adopting a little one from foster care. And he came into our house when he was two months old, and he just turned four years old, and he's awesome. Wow. Wow, he's awesome. What, What makes him awesome? What do we got? Well, I mean, just any time I think the Lord brings something into your life you never saw coming, and just you go through a really rough road and a really rough journey to get mm. there, then just the other side, I think I can just enjoy it so much more. But it's just fun. We have a daughter, you know, that's a senior in high school. And Whoa. so I always say, now having walked the senior in high school and then an eighth grader, I can really enjoy the four-year-old now because I know what I didn't know the first couple of rounds through. So let's be honest, I could probably stand to um, parent him a touch more and be a little more serious, but he's just so cute. And getting to do all of these things again in a more relaxed way, it's just such a gift. So we're very, very blessed. Does your senior like look at you and say, Mom, why, why, why weren't you easier on me? Why? Does this ever happen, this conversation? 
For sure. In fact, I was um, talking to somebody on an interview yesterday, and I told them my middle schooler, Brett, he's hilarious. And he said the other day to me, because my little one was out of control, and he goes, I really think we need to stop talking parenting so much and actually do some parenting oh, with come this on, one. stop and it. I was dying laughing. He's got a sweet spirit. He would never say something ugly. But I mean, that's I was hilarious. Like, truth. Absolutely. 100%. Someone should discipline this little one. But, you know, third time around, we're just kind of rolling with it. So my other two, I think they think it's funny, but they're also like, yeah, we never could have gotten away with that. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, that's great. I love that remark by uh, Brett. Well, um, yes. tell me tell me about just – I know people, are, people may even be tired of talking about COVID and all the craziness, but can you just talk to us about the reality of parenting during this time? What has been something that's been – uh, really good about it? What's been something that's hard? What can you tell us, Cynthia? And what, what helped you out yeah. for us? You know, I think I, I agree with I, the sentiment you just said is right. I think we're all kind of tired of talking about it, and we're all very tired of living with it, but it's still the reality. Mm. And so just trying to walk through it, I mean, obviously the benefits are immense in terms of being able to be home and be more present with our kids. And I know that I don't want to underplay any of the real hurt that's happened in job losses and loss right. of life. But for most of us, being home with our kids, being present, taking away all the activities of things, great things, but things that kept us busy and really a lot of times kept us from really having time to spend with our kids intentionally, leading them towards the Lord, that's opened that up again. And I know in our lives with three kids, my husband and I have had so much more margin the yeah. last several months, for better or worse. <laughs> right. So that's... Uh, that's good, right? That's been the good side of it. I think the hard side of it is this, what everyone knows, I don't even need to say it, but that's a lot of time together. It's a lot of stress. <laughs> Losing all the things that we've held as normal yeah. has been difficult. And I mean, let's be honest, in my own home, I mean, get this, in yeah. my own house, we've never had like a broken bone, a surgery, nothing. And so when this all started, I'm, I was that person. I'm like, nobody goes to the hospital. Nobody does anything dumb. Right. Everybody just be, you know, well, no <laughs> kidding. We've had a fire truck here. It doesn't no. even, it's not even worth going into, but my husband got stuck in a tree doing There's, some tree trimming. There is no <laughs> way that that is not worth talking about. <laughs> And I had an emergency oh, surgery. You're kidding. My little one, my youngest, broke his finger and had to have surgery in a cast. One of my kids, my youngest, got lice. I don't even know how you do that in the middle of a pandemic. Like, I could go on and on. Oh and we just gosh. laugh. We're like, wow, 2020. So I know probably everybody has some version of stories of what this has looked like. And so you take the good and then you take the bad. And then you think, okay, like, what do I want this to look like on the backside? And that's just been my encouragement is like, let's look forward a couple of years and say, okay, what, what do we want to draw from this? And just kind of getting back to that bigger picture. Oh, that's good. All right. So nobody can accuse you of like, oh, it's so easy for her to do because life was actually pretty easy during that time. You had a fire truck, an ambulance, and you had, oh, you had yeah. emergency surgery. Is that what you said? Yes. I mean, no big deal at all. Totally fine now in the whole scheme. But right. I mean, I've, we, I don't know that we've ever been in the hospital other than having some babies, but yeah, yeah. But we've had, yeah, fire trucks. We've had it all over here. And so it's made for good, you know, blogging and writing material and, and good <laughs> right. interviews, but it's been, it's been crazy. In fact, my youngest um, broke another little bone in his wrist jumping off something the other day. And I was like, I, you can't make it up in 2020. It just right. keeps going. So right. I feel for everyone out there. I'm walking the road with you. I understand there's hard days and I understand we all want to be on the other side of this, but until God grants us that relief, we've got to 
buckle down, get some grit in the middle of it and figure out, you know, how are we going to do this well? Right, right. Okay. And it is all I can do to not ask you more about your um, husband getting stuck in the tree. But I'm going to I'm just going to let it pass. I'm going to let it pass because I don't want okay, that. Okay, That's your call. Whatever you want to do. I can tell more, but we can also let that go. Bless it. I'm just going to let it go for now. Um, but uh, yeah, I do have the picture in my, my mind and I want to hear the story to follow. But anyway, well, as you look at and you say, you know, down the road, you want to be able to look back. Um, what and say, this is what we did, or this is how we handled it. What are those sort of things, those values that have come up? Yeah. Yeah. I think when we talk about COVID and we look at this and just generally in parenting, I think it's important that we look at the bigger picture of parenting. It's so easy to get caught in the moment, the daily of it. And, and if anyone has older kids, they're either out of the house or you're like me, you're staring it down at a senior in high school. Yeah. It's fast. And everyone tells you it's fast. But it's really, really fast when you're living it on your own. And so what we're, I think we need to be working for is to thank you when they're 20, not to thank you today. So what do you mm. want when they're 20 for them to be able to look back or 30 and say, hey, thanks for doing that. I think that was hard for you probably or hard at parenting. And so that's what I've been looking at with my kids is we're going through this time. There's that's so good. much to think about to deal with. But I think what we can do is parent the bigger picture. We can't control what the federal government's going to do. We can't control what the local schools are doing. We can't control COVID and the incident rate. But what we can control is the narrative in our home. And so what's our narrative going to be? And and for our home, what we're trying to do, and I mean, for sure, we're not not hitting the mark a lot. (laughs) But what we're trying to do is just being able to say to our kids, like, listen, this is teaching you resilience. This is teaching Mm. you stick-to-itness. This is teaching you empathy, right? Mm -hmm. It's teaching us to hold loosely to the things, like the Bible tells us to, like, what is our faith in? Is it in our finances? Is it in our ability to go and be the best athlete in the school? Is it in our academics? No, our faith is in God. And going back and having, you know, appreciation and gratitude for what He's already done for us. I think that just mm. going back to that narrative yeah. of what we know is important with our kids, that's been one thing that we've really done. And then I always say this too, we control the controllables in your house. My husband is um, he's an attorney, but he also coaches a lot on the side. Okay. And he always tells his teams, like, control what you can control. Yeah. And so what can we control them during these times? Yeah. We can control the narrative. We can control how we model what's going on. And then the other thing that we've tried to work on in our house, especially recently, building up what others are tearing down. And it mm. just seems like it's so easy. Mm. The neighborhood blogs, the school blogs, whatever it is, everyone has an opinion. Everybody feels like we could be doing this differently or the government could do it different or like the school's not handling this or that. Nobody knows. Like nobody yeah. knows. And so just the Lord, he's over this. And so we're going to trust that and going back and building up those hard places. And so encouraging the teachers, encouraging the, the Amazon guy that, I mean, bless yeah. it, he's at my house, I feel like, every day. I mean, no, we're ordering anymore. <laughs> right, right. Just trying to build up in those places that are being torn down. I just think those are some mm. practical things we can do right now. Oh, that's good, Cynthia. That's really good. Tell me, um, just in practical terms, uh, how you guys are handling just that gratitude and appreciation, and how's that going over with your high school senior and um, your eighth grader yeah. in terms of what does that look like? You know, uh, gratitude is one of those things, just trying to teach them in the small stuff, thankfulness, right? And, yeah. and it doesn't matter. It's easy to look at someone else's life and say, well, I'm sure they are thankful. They've got this or that right. or the other. But, you know, comparison is a thief of joy. So going back to what mm. we have and what I try to do in our house, once again, 
not always successfully, yeah. but is building these stones of remembrance with my kids, oh. like it talks about in the Bible. Like, you know, where you get these stones in these places where God has been faithful, and you build your little altars and say, look what God did. Let's not forget this. And so, you know, one of the stones of remembrance in our house is a little boy that runs around that's four years old. That's yeah. a reminder of how God has been good and faithful in our lives. I have literal stones on my desk that say, remember, that just I can, and dates in my, I mean, literally I put dates in my calendar yeah. every year that pop up and tell me a place where God answered Ooh. a prayer, even if it's small. But just implementing these little places and telling our kids and saying, listen, we prayed for this and God was faithful. Don't, don't forget that. Right. And going back in these stones of remembrance, I think it's easy then to say, like to a senior in high school right now, say, listen, I know they just canceled homecoming. That's really hard. Mm. I know that you haven't been able to take the ACT or whatever's going on. That's hard. And I don't have all the answers, but here's what I do know. God's always been faithful in our lives. It just hasn't always looked like we anticipated. Mm. And so that's how we've tried to work through it. Just weaving that bigger narrative of God's Word is, I think, the only way to do it, because yeah. otherwise, lots of lectures, lots of talking going on with as parents, and then we get a lot of eye-rolling in return. Right, <laughs> so right, right. Trying to be practical. Oh, that's good. Cynthia, can you tell me a little bit about... You've referenced just with this four-year-old now, it seems like God really did something big to make this all happen. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Well, you know, my years ago, and I'll go back just a touch to tell you yeah. that years ago, I, when I was back, I, have a, I used to be an attorney, and I was sitting in oh, an office right. in downtown Dallas, you know, on the 50th floor, and I just remember looking out and just feeling the sense of the Lord saying, like, I have something different for you. And I was mm. like, oh, what, what does that mean? It's just praying through that and praying. And at some point I realized that we were going to be called into foster care and eventually I'd be called into this ministry. But my husband at the same time kind of came forward and said, I feel like we need to be involved in foster care. As people that really believe that every life matters, then what are we doing to take care of those lives that need someone to to, to be them, take care of them? So we went through the whole process of foster care. It was, you know, as uh, getting, it's funny just even to get licensed, it's like, you know, taking down the house and starting over. Right. But we went through it, and so we anticipated, just knowing what we know about foster care, lots of kids in and out. But interestingly, and just as only God could do, a baby came, a two-month-old baby, which babies are very, you rarely get a baby in foster care. Yeah. We didn't request one. Yeah. And a little boy came in, two months old, and he never left. This is our very first foster care placement. Wow. and. The only one, and we adopt, eventually adopted him, and that's just not how it works in the state of Texas at all. Yeah. And it was just such a neat gift along the way, because we were able to walk this road knowing, like, I don't know how this turns out, but when you're called to it, missionally, you just got to do it. And so yeah. I, I, I say mm. this probably ad nauseum, but whenever people ask me about our journey, I just say, you know, really honestly... I went into it very nervous and scared. You hear all kinds of stories about what's going to happen through foster care, what's coming into your home. I was really scared. And then on the other side of it, I can tell you that I'm really scared of who we would be had we not done it. Because we are just changed people. My kids have been in all over. CPS offices seeing kids with everything they own in a trash bag. They've walked some hard roads. And I just think, I mean, now they know the Lord better for having done it. Wow. That is really powerful. That statement that you just said um, about what'd you say about like I'm more afraid of what we would have been or yeah. how'd you say that? That was so well, good. I always yeah, I always say I used to be scared of what foster care would do to my family, and now I'm scared of what we'd be if we had not done it. 
Because that's just the reality of when God calls you to something, especially something that's really hard, which I think he calls all of us to hard places. Right. Um, you know, having lived a really rocky road and being on the other side of it, I just can't imagine who it would be if we hadn't done it and seen God's faithfulness. So it's been a really, you know, a gift. When people say, oh, this little boy is the luckiest, you know, luckiest <laughs> little kid. I'm like, oh, no, no, don't be. That's safe. good. We are the lucky ones on this side of it. Yeah, so. that's really good. Okay, man, that's powerful. All right, Cynthia. I just um, I want to shift gears a little bit and just talk about and sorry for shifting gears like this, but talk a little bit about the mental health um, situation sure. and uh, talk about what that means for for teens and and even younger than teens. What are you seeing? What are you aware of that we need to know? Well, I think it's important just right now, like I said earlier, you know, it's suicide prevention month. Right. And our awareness month. And I think it's a topic. Listen, nobody wants to talk about it, myself included, because nobody feels qualified. It's yeah. a hard, hard topic to speak into. And I always tend to think leave to the professionals, but yeah. um, the professionals don't live in my house. <laughs> my kids have got me and my husband. Yeah. And so I, I think it's just important. You know, the CDC has said that one in four young adults has contemplated suicide during COVID. And it's the third third leading cause of death for American youth between 10 and 24. Mm. And so with those statistics out there, I just think we can't afford to not address the issue at hand. And so just like many things, I feel like the Lord says, you know, speak into this a little bit. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not qualified. (laughs) I'm not. But here's what I do know. I wrote an article, 13 Reasons Why Not that um, just kind of got a lot of traction that people have read. And, and it was based on that show on Netflix, 13 Reasons Why, which my kids were not allowed to see. Right. Um, but, you know, I will say this. Having not spoken to my kids about suicide and never let them see that show, they yeah. were, the two older ones, fully aware of that show, knew the premise, totally understood. And so it's a reminder that mm. whether or not we discuss it, True. our kids are aware of the issue that's out there. They will at some point be faced with a friend that deals with some mental health issues, maybe themselves, a right. loved one, a relative. So let's step in there, Good. like most things, and let's give them the biblical worldview on it. Ugh. And then obviously get them help. But yes, but let's speak into it. But if it's not a problem yet, even better, let's start speaking into it. So yeah, man, that is good. And yeah, so the Netflix show, um, 13 Reasons Why, and then your essay, 13 Reasons Why Not. And uh, I know there are st- statistics that show that 13 Reasons Why, the Netflix show, that there was uh, pretty significant, I don't know the numbers, I just recall that it was pretty significant um, bump in teen suicides yeah. uh, right right as a part of that. So um, I know your essay people can Google and find it and they will, but can you just tell us some of the things that God has put on your heart? Um, we're just, I'm just wanting to be encouraged and, and hear what God yeah. has put on your heart. Well, and yeah, and you can definitely Google it and you can find it under my name, but you know, there's, I gave 13 reasons why not on suicide and there's, and so just glancing at a couple of them, but I think telling yeah. your kids you have a place reminding them because everyone needs to know they belong. And I think especially in junior high years, early high school, you don't feel like you belong because you're awkward and gawky and everything else. And knowing that you have a place and telling your kids, like, our family will not be the same without you. It would not be. So we, mm. you're vital, you're crucial to us, to our church family, to the team, or, you know, whatever those are, but really giving our kids an understanding that they have a place. Talking to them about how your situation today is not forever. Yeah. Whatever you're facing today most likely 
will not have huge impact in a year, depending on what it is. But right. getting on that bigger perspective, and, and with all of these, I have scripture in there too. You can look at on that one at Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. But yeah. there's so many different ways to speak this truth in them. But I think what's really important too is just identity. Psalm one thirty nine thirteen and fourteen talking about how we're created in the womb, and talking to our kids mm. about identity, I think is critical because. Identity is challenged all day, every day for all of us, yeah. but especially for our kids in these early stages. And so being able to say to them, like, listen, the world may say on social media feeds or, or um, on the sports field or on your ACT score, the world may say you're not good enough or you're not strong enough or someone's better. Yeah. But here's what God says. Yeah. You know, he says, I created you in your womb. I set you apart for these purposes that only you can do. I know every hair on your head, you are an adopted son of mine. You just start going through these truths yeah. in a really practical way is just Day by day, as you know, I said to my son this morning, I got a huge eye roll, but I said to my middle school, <laughs> as he walked out, I'm like, you are loved, you are valued, there's nothing you could do that change your identity mm. in Christ. And he kind of looked at me like, wow, do you need some more coffee? What's going on up there? <laughs> but just feeding those truths into right. them, identity is another way, I think, that we can speak into these mental health issues. So those are some, some of the... Some of the places I'm happy to give you more, but I didn't want to give you too many. But that's an idea, no, kind of what I was, I was referencing. <laughs> give us more, and um, tell me. I love, I do love the scriptural, uh, the scriptural truths. I do love. I mean, these lies that we either hear um, from the outside, hear from the world, hear from whatever, but also these lies that we hear from the inside, from our own insecurities, yeah. our own fears, our own anxieties. I, I believe powerfully just that God's truths are so important in helping us to combat those very things. So sometimes in our house, I mean, you know, we talk about those lies that come up and we talk about it's like whack-a-mole and you just, you know, you got to whack them, hammer them with uh, with God's truth. Mm-hmm. And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, tell me, go ahead and share a few more things if you have time and your, okay. your uh, four-year-old's hanging in there. Um, give us a <laughs> no, few more minutes. quiet at the moment. I don't know what to say. I stay on with you all day. But, yeah, you know, another one that I think about often is just don't make permanent decisions based on temporary feelings. Mm. Talking to our kids about that. John 10, 10 says, you know, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm-hmm. But the Jesus comes to give life and to have it to its fullest. And so what's temporary, what's permanent? That's another way of speaking into them. You know, this is a temporary situation. And it's similar to what we talked about earlier, but it's a temporary situation. Yeah that long-term isn't going to have impact. So don't give it more right in your life than it's entitled to. We talk a lot about um, if God allows it, he can use it. And, and that's, mm, that's hard. That's like, you know, James 1 is what we referenced there. And that's a hard concept. But we may not see it this side of heaven, but we know that God's in the business of redeeming hard places. Right. And so another, another opportunity to go back to the hard places we have faced ourselves. Don't shelter your kids from it. Tell them, like, listen, this was really hard for me. And, and maybe you can say, now I know this, or now I don't know, you know, what God was doing through it. I'll know, you know, in eternity. But an example in my home is I remember when my son was in um, kindergarten. Yeah. He, I got a call from the, from the teacher, and she said, listen, he's not reading real well, and so we're going to put him in this thing called the reading club. I'm air-quoting club. Okay, let's be clear. It's no <laughs> club anybody wanted to be in. And they will have a specialist pull him out of class. And I always tell the story about the teacher said, you know, well, the specialist pull him out by the end of the year, he should be fine. She gets off the phone. That should have been innocuous, like a whatever phone yeah. call. 
in my mind, and I'm not typically an overreactor, but in my mind, I'm like, well, this is it. This is a big one. He can't read. He's never going to be able to, so he probably won't be able to finish school. He's never going to get a job. Yeah. I guess we're just going to like make him comfortable. Like This is where I've gone <laughs> in my head. I've lost my mind. And so sure. I'm going to pick him up with tears in my eyes, thinking, how am I going to tell him he has to go to a reading club? The kids are going to make fun of him. Right. And so when he gets in the car, he jumps in. He's happy as can be. I'm like, how was your day? He's like, best day ever, Mom. I'm like, what? tell me about it. He goes, I am the only kid in the whole class that got picked for the reading club. I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, well, tell me about it. So he goes on to tell me, the teacher said X, Y, and Z about how exciting it was and what a great treat it was. Wow. And I thought to myself, well, thank goodness yes. that the teacher got to him before I did. I mean, good heavens. <laughs> and so looking back on that, okay, that moment in time for me, and I've talked to him about this since, he did struggle reading, and he struggled some academically over the years, and he wouldn't mind me saying that. Yeah. But you know what? He's the hardest worker you've mm, ever met because wow. that's all he knows. He's right. had to work hard all of his life. Wow. And so looking at these temporary things and saying, okay, listen, if God's going to allow this, he's going to use it. And so now this is a kid that is a hard worker yeah. and is really empathetic to kids who struggle. And so just getting that bigger perspective around our kids and being able to say, I don't know where God's going to use this. But I know that he's in the business of redemption, and I trust him. Yeah. And it's not a faith worth having if we can't have a faith in him and wow. the hard places. Oh, so that's, that's another one that I always try to go to. Dang, that's good. Okay, a uh, couple more things, if we can keep you on the line just for a few more minutes. One, I'm yeah. just I'm just curious. Uh, I work with youth. I'm also uh, a youth pastor. And so I'm always curious about seeing that senior year of high school, especially for daughters and moms, just sometimes it gets a little weird from what my perspective has been on it. <laughs> so I'm just curious, <laughs> what That's is awesome. that What is that looking like for you? If you don't mind, what you can share with us again. I know, you know, you've got for privacy sure. and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I'm, you know, it's funny uh, you say that. I've never heard someone say that, but it's oh. so true. It does get weird, and it's already getting weird over here, I think, because I am like, oh, gosh, she's up late. She's coming home late. i got to stay up and talk to her because I'm not going to get to next year at this time. Yeah. Never mind, I have to get up at the crack of dawn as a toddler. But, <laughs> right. I mean, it's getting a little weird because it's kind of become about her a little bit, and yeah. that's my doing, not hers. Okay. But I will say this. Here's what I can say about having a senior is, is a couple things. Yeah. You know, for all of her life, I've told her to chase God-sized dreams, and I've prayed that for her. Yeah. And I've told her that we are not going to worry about the specifics because God has a bigger plan, and we're going to trust Him. And so now the rubber meets the road. She's applying to colleges. We're looking at, you know, ACTs mm. and all this other stuff, and I'm like, okay, like, do I believe what I've been preaching? And mm. do I say to her, which I'm trying to say and believe, like, we're not going to worry about it. Like, wherever you get in, you get in. We know that God has a plan. And so it's this time of implementing what we've put in foundations over the years. Yeah. So that's been interesting. But the other thing I'm doing right now, and I'll let y'all know, talk, call me back in a year, yeah. but I have <laughs> asked one person a month, a, a, a woman, to pray over her mm. and to invest in her. And I've given them a topic, like something I think they're strong in. So uh, there's a girl that I what? love. That and is she's so really cool. strong oh in hospitality. And, mm. so, and she's also suffered loss of a child. So she's praying for Kate all of this month. And then she will write her a letter about just what hospitality has meant in her life, how God's called it to her, and what it was like, the suffering and losing a child. And then each month we'll do that. And then at the end of the school year, we're going to have a dinner 
COVID allowing right. with everyone that prayed for her and kind of invested in her this year. So it's kind of my launching pack, if you will. Who can invest in her things I couldn't? So that's what we're kind of focusing on this year, and I'm hoping the Lord will really honor that and, and really speak some truth into her that maybe we didn't do in this house. Cynthia, that is like one of the coolest things I've heard. That is amazing. Oh, thank you. We'll see. Well, like I said, call me in a year. Let's see how it <laughs> okay. went down. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's a deal. That's a deal. Well, I'm I'm curious, um, have you, uh, some of the other women that you've thought of, like, uh, can you tell us like some of the specific ideas you have about, oh, this person is gifted in this area? Or yeah. that's so fascinating. Yeah. That is the coolest thing. Oh, thank you. You know, it's funny. I have someone that is an author and kind of a public speaker like that, just kind of living that kind of ministry life out loud. I also have an older woman that is just lived a lot of life and really wise and um, is speaking marriage into her and family and um, some of those types of things to her. And just a little bit of gray hair goes a long way, I feel like, in helping people get some perspective. (laughs) So I've done that. Um, Seems like there's some... Oh, I have a girl that is going to do one month later in the year that just graduated from college. And I wanted her just to speak into her, like, what I wish I would have known, what I would do differently, oh. and what worked. And so she's just a strong Christian girl yeah. that's just on the other side of it from where my daughter is. Because my daughter, I mean, you know, I tell her my stories, and she's like, okay, Baylor University back in 1990 is really <laughs> not what anyone's interested in talking about. So, so it's kind of funny, but... So those are kind of the some of the areas that I'm work, that I've got people slotted to, and everyone's been so gracious to do that. But and then at the end of the year, we'll put together a little book with all the letters. And but she knows that every month, every day, someone's praying over, other yeah. than me and you know her dad and grandparents and all of that. But there's somebody that's specifically praying over her life in this pivotal year. So that's what we're trying to do. We'll see. Man, that is just inspired. I mean, and I can't help and. In- terms of thinking like i mean that sounds like like is going to be a beautiful book for your your daughter for kate but it also sounds like man i would pick up that book for some of my graduating you know high school girls especially like man that is so mm-hmm. cool cynthia wow yeah. okay thank you. all right thank well, you we'll I'll, see I'll, <laughs> we'll see i'm gonna put that in my calendar for a year i want to i want to come back <laughs> and see how that went uh all right you uh like you know, again, I don't know what the right word is if you're kind of the face, the leader of ChristianParenting.org, um, making a huge impact and such an important, just such an important ministry. So thank you for doing that, Cynthia. Um, tell us a little bit yeah. about the conference coming up, if you don't mind, and then we'll let you go back and get get on with life and everything else. Yes. Okay. Yes. We So ChristianParenting.org is the website. And right. what we love is just to have one place for people that are just following the Lord and raising kids to come together. And, and I try to do it in my, in my own writings and my podcast, just really practically, but also really with a sense of humor. Like, let's just yeah. laugh about what's not going right, because on any given day, it's not going right. And so ChristianParenting.org is the hub for what we do. But within that, we have a podcast network that has tons of different podcasts. Whatever you're looking at and facing, we've got someone probably speaking into that. Yeah. And then we have this event coming up, October 23rd and 24th. Jump on now, guys. You can go to uh, you can go to ChristianParenting.org, and you'll find all the details. But we have a virtual, like a digital event, yeah. and over 40 speakers are coming to speak into parenting. And it's everyone from... Um, like Jonathan Pitts, Monica Swanson, she does Boy Moms podcast. It's um, mm. some of the Duck Dynasty crew will be there with us. We've Fun. got just names you would know, names you wouldn't. Right. I'm speaking in it. 
but it's a really cool way. You just go out, you jump online, okay. you pay the fee, and then you are registered for it, and then you can actually watch the talks through the end of the year. But cool. it's something you can do from home, and the goal is just to encourage you and give you practical spiritual advice in raising kids, no matter the road you're walking. So that's coming up, and we're super excited. And I hope everyone will kind of check that out. It's going to be great. Oh, man, that's awesome, Cynthia. Well, thank you so much for um, man, for taking your time today to encourage us, um, to help us just some new perspective or reminded perspective um, and just some new ideas as well and uh, helping us just to navigate during this time. And I'm going to just throw you on the spot one last time and just say, is there anything else just that God – is been putting on your heart lately or just that you want to share before we close? Oh, thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I love getting to chat with you. And so thank you for that. Well, um, yeah. I would just say just everyone listening, just be encouraged. I know that mm. these can be hard days and long days. And even as life is starting back up, it feels like there's always setbacks along the way with COVID or just with kids that might be struggling or maybe walking hard paths. But just be encouraged that at the end of the day, the Lord goes before us. He's mm. behind us. He's uh, with us. He has yeah. a plan for our kids. It may not look like we wanted to, and they may diverge from the plan. But right. the thing is, mm. at the end of the day, when we have faith in Christ, we can just have hope. And so let mm. the burden be easy today and rest in the confidence that the Lord's got great plans for our families. So that's my encouragement. That is encouragement. Man, that's great. All right. Cynthia Yanoff with ChristianParenting.org. Uh, wrote 13 Reasons Why Not. Um, I know we just covered a few of them. Please uh, look that up. Find that on ChristianParenting.org, or we have Cynthia Yanoff's name on uh, screen, and you can easily uh, find find that article and other blogs that she's done and her podcast, Pardon the Mess, which is great, and this upcoming conference. So, uh, Cynthia, I want to ask if you could just stay on the line while I just close the show. I just want to thank you off air if you've got a minute. Um, if Absolutely. You can I'll okay. Be here. All right. Awesome. Well, I want to say to our Facebook audience and our podcast listeners and KSLR AM 630, the word listeners as well, just uh, thank you for tuning in to Very Bold and just what Cynthia is talking about, that encouragement. I just want you to be reminded today. I want God to speak. Maybe he has spoken to you through something that Cynthia has said uh, just right now. And I do pray that you feel that encouragement and that you remember that we have this amazing hope. We really do. We have the living God who loves you, who cares for you, who speaks to you, who guides you into all truth, who reminds you of all things. And we have each other, the body of Christ, to help encourage one another. And that's what Cynthia has done today and is doing every day through ChristianParenting.org. So I want to remind you, we are called Very Bold Ministries and Very Bold Radio and Podcasts because we try to remember what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 3.12, and I'll sign off with this. He said, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. 